greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, without waste of time, let us go to the book of Psalm 86. Amen. Psalm 86, from verse 1. I think we can read it together. Down. Three, two, Amen. Amen. Just uh, another one, First Peter. First Peter. First Peter one from verse sixteen. It says verse sixteen and nineteen. Three, two, one. 
things as silver and gold from our vain conversations received by tradition from our fathers, but we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. I mean, I still believe in the blood. This is a bloody religion. Amen. As we close our eyes, our gracious Heavenly Father, as I stand here in the post of duty, I know the devil is unhappy, but we have no regard for the devil. This morning, you are our focus, Heavenly Father, and Lord, help us to speak the word in an adulterated manner so that it can deliver your people, dear God. That everyone that leaves this place, if they were sick, let them be healed. And for some reason, if they were lost, let them be found. Whatever challenges that they may have deemed insurmountable, let all those challenges be resolved. Because as we are reading what Daniel, David said about you, he said, there is no God like thee. He says, how great you are. This morning, every heart this morning says how great you are. Lord, we appreciate everything that you have done for us, for preserving us throughout the week. And that is why we have just come here to honor you, dear God. And Lord, may you honor the hearts, may you honor the needs of the people that are here. May you be responsive to their needs, dear God, so that they can leave this place and say, indeed, God has spoken to our hearts. And Lord, we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As you take your seats, a couple of minutes. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Amen. We just want to take a few minutes and speak on the value of redemption. Amen. Amen. I understand you had a great time on Wednesday where they spoke about a purpose-driven life. Amen. That everything has a purpose. There is a purpose why you were born. And for anything that you do, check what is the purpose first. Amen. God bless you, Brother Mpanyana, for standing in the gap. Amen. Now, uh, I think a lot of people from Zimbabwe would know uh, that there is a a gallant man of God that has gone to be with the Lord, Brother Gordon Titani. Uh, Those that know him 
to know him, he was one man that was dedicated to the message of the hour. Uh, his works speak for themselves. Amen. So he has gone to be with the Lord. He was buried yesterday. Pastor Chisa gave me a call to let me know during the week, but I couldn't make it. But we'll send a formal communication to the family and just to say we are with them in prayer. Amen. Amen. How many know Brother Gordon Chitani? Okay. God bless you. Amen. So as a humble man of God. And I hope you are praying for the convention. We are left with three weeks. How many weeks are we left? Four weeks or four weekends. Oh, okay. But sometimes it depends where you are within the week. <laughs> Amen. So if it's four weeks, it's fine. I hope you are, you are preparing, you are praying for the convention. Uh, you come with a state of expectations. Uh, normally, God delivers according to the level of your expectations. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. So spend time, take time, pray for the convention, have expectations, and God will grant our expectations. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to speak about the, the value of redemption this morning. And you know there are some messages when you you preach them and there are some messages that the devil hates. How many know that there are certain messages that the devil hates? Amen. Amen. When you begin to speak about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the devil hates that. When you speak about the blood of Jesus Christ, the devil hates that. When you speak about the seventh seal, the devil hates that. Uh, amen. So uh, the reason I'm saying that, I didn't mention it to, every, to anyone. Uh, I went off to, to on a business conference. Now, on Thursday, I've been communicating. I think several brothers were calling me. I didn't tell them what was happening, but uh, I was quite very sick. Amen. Couldn't. Even wake up, I was just in the hotel room the whole day. Couldn't eat the whole day and even the whole evening. I only started eating last night. Amen. But I thought maybe it is the reason I got into trouble is because of my thoughts. Uh, because I had thoughts on this, on this subject. Amen. But the devil is a liar. How many believe that? The devil is a liar. That's why I'm here this morning. Amen. And the reason I didn't tell people that called me. I think Brother Mpanyana phoned me. Several other brothers phoned me and I just conversed with them normally because I said to devil, you are a liar. I'm not going to confirm you. Amen. Amen. I came here well. I'm leaving this place well. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, Wednesday evening I couldn't sleep at all. Amen. But I'm glad to be in church this morning. Now, how many believe that the blood shall never lose its power? Without the blood, you would not be here this morning. 
Without the blood, you would not be here this morning. Without the blood, you would not be here this morning. I'm going to say it until everybody says amen. Without the blood, you would not be here this morning. Without the blood, you would not be here this morning. Actually, I want you to say amen so that the devil can hear you saying amen. Hallelujah. Don't be, don't be a, a graveyard shift believer. Amen. A believer, when he's happy about something, he gets excited. Um, and excitement doesn't mean childishness. It means you understand the impact of what has been spoken about. Amen. Uh, somebody said to me, look, uh, Christianity is a problem with me because there's just, the Bible is full of blood. I say, ah, if you've got a problem with blood, then you won't be a Christian because there is a trail of blood from Genesis all the way to Genesis, to Revelation. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and when you look the very first time, when God's children sinned, God slaughtered an animal. He's the one that shed the blood. And throughout, when you look at the brother Brandon McShirley calls the book of uh, uh, Exodus, he calls it the, the book of redemption. That's what he calls it. He says the book of, redeem, the, of Exodus is a complete book of redemption. Uh, amen. Because when you get there, it speaks about the blood. When you move to Leviticus, it speaks about the blood. It's just a, the Bible is a bloody book. Amen. Because we were, we were bought not with corruptible things, but we were bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I want to speak on the value of redemption. There can never be value unless there has been a sacrifice. You can never value something that you have never sacrificed for. Hallelujah. Uh, that's why you cannot just, for some reason, just approach an ATM and demand something that you don't know. You know that it is not there. Hallelujah. When you see somebody in the queue for the ATM, that means they have sacrificed and they expect you to withdraw something. Amen. But I've realized today we raise a generation that expects a payday without work. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, we raise a generation that expects much without giving anything. Hallelujah. Are we together? But uh, uh, there's got to be a sacrifice. You, can, you cannot have a baby without sacrificing the women that gave birth. They know that child labor, that's why they call it labor. It's, a, it's hard work. Amen. It, it brings you into a state of uh, temporal deformity. Amen. If you, if you used to be this way, you, you've got to change and be in a certain way because then later after you have sacrificed, 
what you receive, your value. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know whether the men that are here have been to the maternity ward. Uh, I understand, especially African men, they avoid it by all costs. They just want to be called that, hey, it's a baby boy. Amen. But I've been fortunate. All my children, when they were born, I was in the same room. Amen. And I saw what happened today. Say, yeah, you need, you need a big heart because you can pass out as well. Amen. So every time I had to make sure that they hide me. Amen. But it's, a, it's quite a, a demanding process. But once, once everything is done and you bring the baby to the mother, she forgets about the pain. She forgets about... It, it can be messy. There's blood all over, folks. Amen. And, and she forgets about the sight of blood. And she carries the baby. And she cherishes the baby. And, and that's how Brother Branham calls it. He says, uh, birth, it's, a, it's messy. Hallelujah. Being born again can be a very messy process. Amen. Are we together? And uh, this morning uh, I want to speak about how do we value this redemption? Uh, what you don't value chances are that you may end up losing what you have if you don't value. If you don't value your marriage, what will happen? If you don't value your marriage, what will happen? Okay. Amen. They say things that you do to get them, you don't do to keep them. Hallelujah. Uh, before people get married... The goodness, they really appreciate one another, but after some time, they cannot stand one another. That means there's a problem with how they value each other. Uh, after we baptize somebody, they can't wait for the doors to open for them to come into church, but after some time, they get used to it. It's, it's business as usual, and you begin to see the quality of life, of the Christian life, begin to drop. Hallelujah. But I, I say this morning, let us speak about the value of redemption. You know, the reason we, we value this redemption is because it gave us access to things that we never had access to. We were not to the children of Israel. How many believe that? We were not part of the kingdom of, the, of Israel. We were not the worshippers of the God of Israel, but by grace today we can say we are the worshippers. The scripture says, but because it is written, be holy for I'm holy. If you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, 
but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. So this message was influenced by the following messages. If you would want to go and make a reference or uh, the penalty of, of sin and the, what the cost, what it costs to get rid of sin from our lives. Hallelujah. And obviously the three token series, Brother Brennan preached, uh, and as well as you can refer to the future home, that is what we will be dwelling on this morning. Amen. Are we together? Now, I don't know, maybe just to make a bit of demonstration, is there a brother that has money? Is there a brother that has money? We've got money. Oh, okay, you can stand up with your money. Amen. Gee, that's a fat wallet. Okay. All right. God bless. I'm going to bring it back. Don't worry. I promise. It's tempting, but I'll bring it back. Amen. Is there anyone that has got a good phone? No, it can't be you, brother. <laughs> Brothers, oh, brass boo. Amen. Oh, hold your money. No, hold your phone. Brass boo, stand there. Amen. Brothers got 400 rands. Amen. So, suppose the phone, I know it costs much more than 400, but it's for demonstration purposes. Suppose the phone costs 400 rands and the brother has got 400 rands with him but he does not have a phone but he has 400 rands with him. Will it be right for him to behave like he has a phone even when he does not have a phone? Are you here, believers? Uh, Hallelujah. He doesn't have the phone, but yet he's got the purchasing power. So, if he's with him and he's got the phone, do you think the attitude of the brother will not be intimidated by him possessing the phone? Uh, Are you here, church? Hallelujah. The reason I'm saying this is because the brother has got no phone, but he has got the means to get the phone if he needs the phone. Hallelujah. So lack of phone, even though he doesn't have it, is not an issue to him because he's got the ability to redeem it in the event when should he needs it. Hallelujah. Maybe give him your 400 rents for some reason. You make a deal and then you give him (laughs) you you give him your phone. Hallelujah. So, and I want you to check something very critical here. The brother has given him 400 rents and the brother has given him a cell phone. But is the value the same? Is the value the same? 
It's not the same. When you look at the phone as it is, it looks like the value is the same. But I believe that in that phone you've got beautiful videos. You've got beautiful uh, uh, pictures. So there is an intrinsic value. There is a value to the phone that you cannot see with the naked eye. To him, it might look like it costs 400 rand, but to him, it does not cost 400 rand. There is something in the phone that you cannot attach money to it. Hallelujah. That's why when they steal your phone, some of you, you say, hey, I wish they can bring my SIM card. But the phone is more valuable than the SIM card. But it's because within the SIM card, there is an intrinsic value. Are we together? So this morning, we are going to look at the value of redemption. The intrinsic value of redemption. Hallelujah. Brothers, you can swap. Okay, back to square one. Amen. The demonstration that I have done, you may be sick this morning, but you may have the power to claim your healing. Hallelujah. And if you told me that it is normal for the brother with 400 rands and he knows that he can buy a phone when he doesn't have a phone, okay, they sent to the daughter. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, God bless you. Back to square one. We had to make sure that we settle everything. Amen. If you say the brother with 400 rands, if you can just fix this monitor for me, it's making a bit of an echo. If you say the brother with 400 rands, even though he does not have a phone, but he can walk around with an attitude of somebody that has a phone because he's got the means to access it even though he does not have it. I believe that then it is normal this morning that if somebody is sick, they can stand up and begin to walk like they are already healed even though they are not healed because they've got a means to access the healing. Uh, are you here? Yes. So sometimes, especially being a believer, you, sometimes that's why people will, will, will dismiss us for those that do not understand us, understand us as lunatics because we get excited sometimes by things that we don't have. Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. We cannot provide the proof, but we get excited that I have it even though I don't have it, because faith allows me to access things that cannot be seen with the naked eye. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when you've got faith, when you've got faith, you've got every right to every redemptive blessing. Hallelujah. If you can just, I don't know, there's an echo. It's, it's making an echo for me here. Amen. Are we together? Maybe in line with what I've just done, Brother Brenham says in this message, God's provided a way of healing. He says, now, 
Faith is not healing. Faith produces healing. By faith, you are saved. Now look, if, if here was a loaf of bread that cost a quarter, I believe that's about the price of bread that was in the 50s, and I had 25 cents. Now, 25 cents is the purchasing price of the bread. But I've got the 25 cents, but I haven't got the bread. Now, you can have faith for healing, and I believe many of you have. But you can't receive healing until you purchase healing by the faith that you have. Hallelujah. What it simply says is that, and I had much better say it this morning, everything that you need this morning is available. Everything that you need this morning, it is accessible. I hope I could get a better amen than that one. Everything that you need this morning is available. Everything that you need this morning is accessible. Then it depends on your level of faith to access it because it's already available. Why does the devil hate you or hate your coming to church? The reason the devil hates you are coming to church is, before, is because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that is why when a church, when believers come to church, and when the pastor or a minister comes to church, they, expect, they must be an alignment of expectations. Because... If you are coming, or, or if you are not coming, you will not get, your faith will not be re-energized. And if you are coming, but as a minister, I have not labored behind the holy desk to make sure that you receive the weight, then you can come here and just hear words that I happen to speak, but it does not help you to have faith. Hallelujah. And I think it connects with what Brother Mpanina said. It, there has to be a purpose. This morning, when I prepared the message, there must be a purpose why I'm preaching to you. And if you have come into church this morning to listen, there must be a purpose why you have come to listen. And a, a purpose has got to be, it, it has to have a deeper meaning, folks. Uh, and I think you guys, you are beginning to realize that things are beginning to get very intense given the global events and the squeeze that is about to fall upon the bride. The, the, gone are those days where I come to church to show new shoes. Uh, hallelujah. It, it, it doesn't have... This is the, these are disparate times. Hallelujah. And as they often say, disparate times require disparate measures. Uh, that means when you come to church, you must say, God, I don't know, I see the devil is at play, he's, he's moving events, but God, help me and make sure, and then somebody says, make sure that the weight is in you, even if you don't need it now, at some point in time, you shall need it. Yes. Hallelujah. That's why, I don't know how many are witnesses this morning where God has poured the weight into you, 
And for some reason, when you heard the word, it never made sense. But down the line, you get into situations and say, no wonder five years ago, brother so-and-so or so-and-so preached at such a convention and mentioned this thing, and it begins to help you later on. How many are witnesses here? So, so that is why when you come to church, make sure that you come and get something out of church. I, I hope we are together here. Brother Brenham says in this message, and, and, and we had much better check how our redemption came about. The word of God, it is not going to make people the children of God. No, 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 no. It does not work like that. A, children, a child of God is not made in this time. A child of God is found. And I, I, I hope you understand what I mean by saying that. A preacher cannot make you a child of God. But a preacher can preach the way to you that can determine your place of origin. If you were a child of God you are going to become a child of God. You are what you are here based on what you were there. Are we together, folks? So that means even even this morning, maybe uh, I had much better move on. There are people that are redeemable and there are people that are not redeemable. That's the way. The Bible says somewhere for ordained of old for this condemnation. That's what the Bible speaks about. And this morning I say, God, the reason I'm in church, maybe it is a sign that your grace has been extended to me. But the Bible says there are those who have been ordained of old for this condemnation. Now, there are people that are redeemable and there are people that are not redeemable. The way to redeem is to, bring you, is to bring something back to its place of origin. Now, if something does not have a place of origin, you cannot redeem it back. Uh, hallelujah. You can only bring back what was already there. Now, when we say you are redeemable, that means at some point in time, you were a child of God. But through the process of time or how you came here on earth, for some reason you, get, you got lost. And God started a process of redemption to bring you back to your original state. Are we together, folks? Now, stay with me here. Now, the prophet says the devil took you and put you in a pawn shop. And when you were in a pawn shop, you had to be, there has to be, a, if, if I walk into, if my phone gets stolen and I walk into, what's the pawn shops here in Whitbank? Is it Cash Crusaders? Yes, Cash Crusaders. For some reason, I walk into Cash Crusaders and I see my phone. I mean, your property will know your property. And I see that this is my property. And I say to the guy, I say, this is my property. They are not going, they will say, do you have a proof? Maybe I lost a proof of payment. They say, then it's not yours. 
But for you to get back your phone, you've got to pay a price for it in order to redeem it back to yourself as an original owner. But you did not put it into the pawn shop. It did not put itself in the pawn shop. Some thief stole it from you and put it into the pawn shop. And for some reason, even the thief that stole it, maybe the phone is worth 3000 but the thief has sold it for 900 But the pawn shop owner knows that it is not worth 900 He is going to put it at the price at which it knows that is the value of the phone. Are we together? Now, this, for you to redeem it back, then that means you've got to pay your 3000 And that's how you were. When you were born, you were born into, into sin, shaped in, came to the world speaking lies. Your, your origin, how you came here, you were a sinner. That's not your choice. God is not going to judge anybody for being a sinner. But God is going to judge people for remaining a sinner. I cannot find fault with you if I find you in sin. But I will find fault with you if you continue to remain and wallow up in sin. Because why? There is a way out. Are we, are we together, folks? Now, we'll come to that. When, when, when the devil put us into the pawn shop, there was a requirement that something had to die. A kingsman redeemer had to die. An angel could not redeem us. Hallelujah. Even Satan himself could not redeem us. Now God had to become a man in order to become our king's man redeemer in order to redeem us. Are we together? Now, redemption, Brother Brenham says, he took our place. So that he can come and redeem us. And after he has redeemed us, he brings us back to our original place. Then he leaves the scene where he was. Jesus, when he was here on earth, the reason you look at Jesus and his life, Jesus, he was a substitute of what you could have become had you not come into sin. But after he has redeemed you back to his place, He left his place because you came back to your original place. Are we together, folks? Now, Brother Branham says in this message, the token. He says, full obedience to the weight brings God, the weight eternal in you. And that is the token. Hallelujah. If you read what we were reading where David says, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify thy name forever and forever. For great is thy mercy toward me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest of hell. Are we together? And it says, O God, the proud are risen against me. The assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not said to thee before them. But though, O Lord, thou art a God of full compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plantatious in mercy and truth, and turn unto me and have mercy upon me, and give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. 
Show me a token of good. He wanted a token of good. That they which hate me may see it and be ashamed. What I'm simply saying, if God redeems you and grants you redemption, there's got to be a token of redemption. And a a token represents something of value. And in this case, the token, although we say it is the blood of Jesus Christ, we are not referring to the chemistry of the blood. But we are referring to the life that was in the blood. Are you here, folks? That's why when they were supposed to leave, and, 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 and let me tell you something. When they were in the upper room, and they were there speaking in tongues, maturity dictated that they should have not forgotten how they arrived in the upper room. Because it took a Passover, it took a bloody lamb for them to be in the upper room. And in the end times, the seals have been revealed. But we need not to forget what brought the seals to be revealed. Without the shedding of the blood, the seals were not going to be revealed. That's why when John was crying and the elder tapped him and said, Weep not, there is a lion of the tribe of Judah. When he turned, he saw the bloody lamb because that's where it began. Are we here this morning? He could have not become the lion until he first became a bloody lamb. Because when he became a bloody lamb, that made him worthy to become the lion, to come and claim for what he has died for. Are we together? Now the scripture says, in Matthew 20 verse 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life, a ransom for many. A ransom, when somebody, if, if you are a son or a daughter of a rich man and you're on your way to school and they capture you and they look for a ransom, a ransom is, is something that must be paid to redeem somebody that had been captured. And this morning I want to say, this morning from the pastor right to the laity, we were captured. Or oh, they speak about a capture report this time. Everybody is captured, folks. It depends who has captured you. But this morning, I'm glad I can say Christ has captured me. But before he could capture me, I was captured by the enemy. And I, and I did things that were not in line with my original nature. Hallelujah. I sinned. But I was not a sinner based on my origin. It's because I was captured. And this morning, all of us, there are certain things that we did and committed that we are not proud of. But this morning, I say, as much as we are not proud of, I'm not taking any responsibility for that because I was captured. Are we together? But today, the one that created me, located me where I was captured. And and the enemy required life. And God himself became a human being and gave up his own life in order to give a ransom for my life. 
And because he died, he set me free. Are we together, folks? We'll continue with this. Amen. Brother Brenham says, and once, once we left that place, things that we're entitled to, we never had access to. Our original state is that graves should have never been created for us. Our original state is that sicknesses should have never come our way. Our original state is that we were not supposed to age. The way Adam came, that's how we were supposed to come. But in the Garden of Eden, the enemy came and, and, and incarnated himself in an animal called the serpent. A nice choking gentleman that spoke and that could reason and spoke to the woman and say, what has the Lord said about the trees in the garden? And Eve said, he said we could eat, but we must not eat the tree in the midst of the garden because the day we eat, we shall die. He says, you shall surely not die. Hallelujah. The enemy took just one weight and twisted that weight. And when Eve accepted that, it threw the entire human race into chaos. A man that was not dying started to die. A man that was not aging started to age because one weight was doubted. And this morning, folks, I want to tell you, with God, you've got to believe the complete weight because a doubt of one weight brought the entire universe into chaos. But because God is God of his own way, after they broke the covenant, he chucked them out of the Garden of Eden. Stay with me here. Even though he chucked them out, it never changed that they were God's children. Are you here, folks? Brother Brennan actually takes it further. He says, when a man is backslidden, if he's a child of God, he does, does not change that he's still a child of God. I'm not encouraging irresponsible living here. But I'm saying, if I've got a son, even though I may not become happy with the son, and the son may live and do things that brings a, a, a disgrace to the family, that son still is my son. And as a parent, I'm responsible to locate him and make sure that he is restored. Because why? Our relationship is not conditional. So when Adam and Eve were chucked out, it never changed their status. They were still God's people. And God had to make a way to bring them in. Are we together? And that's why he began to accept a substitute where they killed the the lambs, they killed the bulls, they killed the goats. But the prophet says, it covered sin. It never took away the desire to sin. So a man would bring a lamb to the temple, sacrifice the lamb for whatever deed that he had committed, but he went back home with the same desire because the life of the animal could not come into the human being. Hallelujah. It just covered sin. But there was a hope. 
that there is one that is coming whose life shall be able to be incarnated into human beings. And that was the Lamb of God. All these were foreshadows. That's why when they died, they never went to heaven. They went to paradise. Brother Abraham says it was like a dreamland where they were waiting. Because why? The sins were just covered. They were never taken away. But one day unto us a child was born. Unto us a son was given. And the Bible calls him the everlasting father. His name became Emmanuel because it was God with us. And folks, let me tell you something. From that time, redemption started. And the child grew. The blood, there was not even a, a drop of Mary's blood in Jesus. He grew up and grew up until he went all the way to Golgotha. And I, I want to say, as they took him to Golgotha, he received 36 stripes. And blood was oozing out of his body, dropping. There was a trail of blood on the, behind him on his way to Golgotha. And I want to say, in that drop of blood, there was enough power. I hope I'll speak to somebody that understand. There was enough power to redeem for the sins that were there, that had been committed since time started. There was enough power to redeem the things that are yet to be committed. Even before you committed one one sin, there was a remedy for that sin when that blood was shed. Oh, I hope the church can be here. Even before one demon, whatever demons could be released, there was a remedy, enough power in that blood to defeat every demon that had come and that was coming. I hope you are here, folks. That blood, it, was, it, it had redemptive power. Now, he went all the way to Golgotha. They thought, the the devil thought, I have him. But he did not know that through that state of disorder, God was creating a new order. He did not know that through that corruption, God was was creating something that was incorruptible. Oh, if the devil could have known what the cross would have done, he would have never killed Jesus. And he took him to the cross and they crucified him. And he hung on the cross and he screamed and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Brother Branham says, On that day when the son looked and saw what humanity was doing, the son Refused to shine. When the earth realized what was taking place, it trembled. When the moon looked at what was happening, it refused to shine. What was happening first in that midst of state of disorder, 
on that weekend, the sins of many were forgiven, including my sins this morning. Are you here, folks? But yet, you were not born. There was a remedy before a problem. And he, and he cried and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And a Roman soldier took a spear and pierced by his side. Listen to what came out there. There was water that came out. What else came out? There was the blood that came out. There was the spirit that came out. Those are the elements of a new birth. A church was being born. Sons and daughters of God were being born on the cross. Are we together? And they took his body, put it into the tomb, put the tomb there, and they said, we are finished with him. But within 72 hours, he came back. He resurrected. I'm just going to run ahead of myself. And on the ascension day, he went up to glory. But the blood that was shed on Calvary will never lose its power. I'll repeat because the devil hates it. The blood that was shed on Calvary has a cure for the disease that you are suffering from today. And that cure was there when he shed his own blood. That's why I say, by his strength. We were healed. Are you here, folks? The prophet says, and he says, when Jesus went to the cross, he says, as the blood was dropping, he says, it was redeeming the earth. Stay with me here. It was redeeming the earth. And you are part of the earth. Hallelujah. He says in this message, the future home, paragraph 28, Jesus used the same word in Matthew 19, 28, 19, 19, 28. He said to them, you have sat with me in my father's kingdom. Regenerated change when you are changed. He used the same word. He used the same word when he said, Lose the cold and let him go. Say the same thing at the resurrection of, G- of Lazarus. Lose him, change him. He's been tired, let him go. What does it mean? The earth will be loosened from the grip of Satan. It will be loosened. It will be loosened from politics. It will be loosened from denominational religious systems to be used for the kingdom of God, to be established here on earth. But as long as in the, it is in the hands of Satan, politics, Satan, the ruler of the earth, he owns it. It belongs to him. But now Christ has redeemed it. And it says, one time I was his property, but not now. One time, that little woman, the Samaritan woman, was his property, but not now. He came to lose the grip of it. 
He loosened the grip of sin of Satan upon my life, upon your life. Now, we are no longer his. He said, have you often heard me say in prayer, take your hands of God's property. Have faith to claim your own. Take your hands of her. Take your hands of him. Faith will do it. When you are still his property, there is a way in which you behaved. There are things that you did. There are thoughts that you have. But this morning you can say to the devil, one time I was your property. But there must be a realization. Not now. Are you here, folks? One time that little woman was his property, but not now. And, and I think the church must begin to have the power and the authority to claim whatever the devil has taken from them. That's why the prophet, whenever he met the people, he said, Satan, take your hands off him. It's not your property, it is God's property. And this morning, because you came to church, I don't know what the devil is trying to do, but I've got a message for him. Take your hands of him. Take your hands of her. He is not your property. She is not your property. She is God's property. Are you here, church? And I think as ministers of the gospel, we've got legal rights to look at the devil and address him and say, David, this is the redeemed church of the living God. Take your hands off her. She is not your property. She is God's property. When you take a property and it lands in the wrong hands, it is going to be misused. When you take a man that is meant to be a son of God and he lands in the hands of Satan, he is going to be misused. When you find a young girl that can become a a trophy in God's kingdom, the devil can take her and through her can do a lot of damage. But this morning, we are a church that has authority. We are a church that can make a decree and tell the devil what to do. Get your hands off our children. They are not your property. They are God's property. You want me to go further on this? Marriages that are being touched by the table. We've got a right to this morning. A marriage belongs to God. The marriage is not a property of the devil. And I say to the devil, get your hands off their marriages. It is not your property. It is God's property. What a realization. When you say, I was once his property, but not now. Can Can you imagine... When you are captured by a master, he knows you behave in a certain way. You are afraid of him. You do whatever he tells you to do. But one day while he's asleep, and in the middle of the night you wake up, 
and realize that no, 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 no. I'm done with this man. Hallelujah. And he comes and he wakes you up. He doesn't know what happened to you the night before. You look at him and say, man, look, let me tell you something. You are no longer my master. It, it, It will make him be afraid. He will try to intimidate you and to check how, how determined you are. But when he says, look, I'm done. Uh, you are no longer my master. I'm actually leaving. And that's what Jubilee does, friends. That's what Jubilee does. You were busy plowing for the enemy. You were the enemy's slave. But one day, you heard a trumpet. And it was a certain thrust sound. And you realize, you looked and said, but that sound, I heard that sound before. That sound comes from eternity. It is a sound from the almighty God. Then you put your things down and say, David, I'm done. I was once your property, but not now. Because why? Somebody got hold of you. And who's that? The Redeemer himself. And say, my son, you are in the wrong place. But I'm bringing you back to your position. Your position, you are not a slave. You are an amateur God. I wonder, does it sink in? Or we just came to church. And we're going to go back home. But yet you are captured. Hallelujah. I hope you are with me. Amen. He says in this message, the token, he says, everything that Jesus purchased and promised in the Bible is yours. Do you believe that? He says it's your property because it's paid for. If you book a flight, you pay a money, maybe through a credit card on the system, they send you a ticket, you take that piece of paper, it looks useless. But when you go to board, you produce that piece of paper. It is not money, but you know that the value entitles you to redeem a seat on the plane. Are we together? So the prophet says, everything that Jesus purchased and promised you in the Bible is yours. It's your property because it's paid for. He says, life is mine. He paid for it. Life is yours. He paid for it. Healing is mine. He paid for it. Healing is yours. He paid for it. Freedom is mine. He paid for it. Heaven is mine. He paid for it. Everything that he has been paid for, it's mine this morning. So, if, 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 if he has, and that's what redemption does. A, a hair, his will has no power as long as a hair is still alive. But when a hair dies, the will comes into power. And whatever is written in, in, therein, you can claim. If, you are, you are, if, if, it form, if it forms part of your inheritance. So, this Bible 
is full of promises from Genesis to Revelation. Promise after promise. And you and I cannot just come to church and go back and not redeem our promises. Everything that he died for is mine. Is heaven mine? If he died for it, that is mine. But it will never be mine until I claim it. A will does not help until the people go to whoever holds the estate and say, listen, this woman was my mother. This man was my father. And I understand he has written something in the will about me. And whatever he has written, I'm here to claim it. And you don't become apologetic. And this morning, that's why I will never be apologetic. Everything that is written in the Bible, it is mine. And I will never rest until I claim it. The Holy Ghost is mine. I claim it. Eternal life is mine. I claim it. Healing is mine. I claim it. Rapture is mine. I claim it. Everything, I claim it. Are you here, church? But the David, he wants us to walk with the Bible. With all the promises, but with no ability to claim. Because it makes the Bible of no effect. But this morning I want to say, every verse, every chapter is yours. And this morning you can say, Brother Mariba, there is a realization. I want to claim whatever he has died for. I've been unhappy, but today I want to redeem joy because he died for my joy. Are you here, folks? How, how can you walk with such a rich Bible, but with long face? Bible that speaks about victories, but being defeated day in, day out. If I was you, I would say, David, I'm tired. Let me check what is mine. And I will go and extract every promise and have a right mental attitude towards that promise and that promise will be materialized. But the devil loves complacency. Being caught up in a routine. You know, we go to church, we sing, we come back. That's all. That's a useless life. But when people like Hannah when they went to the temple, when everybody left and she said, I didn't get what I wanted yet. Me, I'm not leaving. And she started praying and said, God, I want you to give me my promise. I want you, until she, tears were streaming down, until the pastor thought that who this woman is, is, is drunk. That's what desperation will do. And this morning, we need the material of Hannah that can come to church and say, we are not leaving. Until that scripture is made flesh in my life. I need that promise to be realized. I've been sick many times, but I know he's a healer. Today, I need him to come on the scene. I will not leave his presence until he touches me. But today we've got believers that quickly take no for an answer. Quickly. 
How many of us in the building? The devil has made certain things acceptable. You see, this is my problem. It's my chronic. It can never be healed. It has always been like this. But the scripture says, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. You can say sugar diabetes cannot be healed. Sister Shetty is there. She got healed with sugar diabetes. Completely delivered. Doesn't need medication. Type 2 sugar diabetes. What happened? She realized, I need to access it. Are you still with me? The prophet says in this message, total deliverance, paragraph 77, says if our hearts condemn us, we want complete deliverance. We don't want to be a halfway church. No, sir. We want to be a real church or no church at all. We want to be real Christians or no Christians at all. We want total deliverance from our habits, from our sins, from our evil thinking, from our evil doing, from our negligence. Sorry, whatever we have done, we want total deliverance. So that people, when people come into this church to be prayed for, there will be this little group, maybe not over 100 or 200 sitting here, but they will be completely in the hands of God. And when we pray, then God will hear from heaven. Amen. And I think, God, I think Christ has died in order for us to have those redemptive blessings back into the church. A church, that's why a church can never be in the business of building hospitals. The church must be in the business of closing down hospitals. Hallelujah. I'll have a problem when the church begins to have ambition to build hospitals. That's not our mission. The Great Commission says, go out here and preach the gospel to every creature. And the, the signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. No, they shall build hospitals for them. No, say, we have a remedy. Are you here, church? The problem, the church has left its original mandate. And the devil has gone on the rampage. He is doing whatever he wants to do. Hallelujah. But let's check what a redeemed man is supposed to be like. Are you still with me? Message the fundamentals of faith. Brother Brenham says, paragraph 9, man was made as a secondary God on earth. That's our origin. He said, I'll be the God of heavens, you'll be the God on earth. But the question is, do you have the authority? That comes with the title of being a secondary God. That's the question. 
Man was made as a secondary God on earth. He was given the power to control all things, all elements of the earth. That was Adam. Adam was given these great powers. Then the power that he was given to make himself is where he fell. Adam could speak to the winds and it, and it would stop. He could speak to the trees and they would obey him. He could speak to the wildlife, it would obey him. He could speak to the waters, ever what it was, everything obeyed him. Now, that is the beginning of man. That's what God gave him power over, everything on earth. Now, though the, through the fall, he lost that power. Then he becomes unconscious of that fact after losing his relationship and friendship and fellowship with the Father. Then he lost that. All of his great channels became locked up. He couldn't get through. What Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed us back to that. Are you here, folks? What Adam was in God. Well, how was he? He was a secondary God. He could, he could rearrange his environment. He was in charge of his territory. He could, he could do and redesign things in the manner that he saw fit. He could see a lion and call it and give it a, a name. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He was an amateur God. And what Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed us back to that. Do we have the evidence that he has redeemed us back to that? Yes! A man walked into the wilderness when there was a, a prediction that there's going to be a storm. And he was running like everybody else and the Holy Spirit said, Stop! You can't run like everybody else because what Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed you back to that. I said, Go right to where the storm is. And he began to walk to where the storm was. And the spirit, the, 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 the voice said, do you want to take a closer walk with me? And says, yes. And he started walking. And as he was walking, he looked at himself. He was a young man. As he was walking, and now the voice said, you can speak to the storm. He said, let it be sunny for four days. From the voice of a man to nature, and nature obeyed the voice of the man. Because what Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed us back to that. And this morning is not only William Brenham. Everyone that believes his message will have to come to that level of maturity. And the people that must come there are here. But there's a way to access that power. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice, folks. It takes sacrifice. Are you still with me? He says, Adam never had to be sick. He never had to die. He never had a worry. He never had a heartache. He never had fear. He just climbed up in the arms of the father, just like a child. Everything was his. 
Whatever he asked, he just got it. Everything obeyed him because he was God's child. And the child is the head of all things. Now, when man fell, he lost this. Now, what he lost in the fall, Christ came as a redeemer. Did you, did you ever stop to think what Christ redeemed us for? He gave us everlasting life. He brought us back to the eternal fellowship and relationship to God to be his sons and daughters again. Restore back all that Adam lost in the fall. Whatever Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed you back to that. That's why the prophet, when he was rushing, he got a call about a man that was sick. He jumped to the fence. He got into a fence where a bull had killed a man the previous weeks. He looked at the bull that was charging towards him, and he says, I looked at it. I was not afraid. And he says, the love of God just came upon me. And when it was projected, divine grace took over. And he began to speak to, the, to that cow and say, I'm the servant of God. I'm on my way to pray for somebody. Would you step aside? I didn't mean to disturb you. That bull, it came back and stopped and went by the wayside. And Brother Brenham went past. What happened? That's what redemption entitles us to. Hallelujah. But if it was some of us who would run away, my brother, let me tell you something. We have been redeemed. We are not afraid of anything. We are not afraid of the David. We've got a remedy. We've got power over the David. And this morning, everything that Adam was in God, Christ has redeemed us back to that. Adam was never afraid of the David. I'm not afraid of the David because the blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed me. Are you here this morning? Today, the bride is not afraid of the highest of the demons to the lowest of demons. We are not afraid. Because why? We've got the power of redemption. And throughout the Bible, God has been restoring men gradually. You look at Moses. God wanted to restore the deity in Moses and say you will be God to Pharaoh. He comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, you can stop the sun. A human being stopping the sun. Yes. He's the God today. But when Christ came, the full redemption came. And he says, I have given you power. I have made you more than conquerors. Then why are we not afraid? Why are we afraid today? Every sickness has been catered for. Every problem has been catered for. What do we have to do? The channel, that supernatural channel, is clogged up with doubts, with a lot of things. But this morning, let the Holy Spirit come and clean up that channel so that the power of God can flow into you and you can stand up and have a realization that, look, I'm a son of God, and begin to have a creative voice. Are you here, folks? If Adam wanted something, what did he do? Spoke it. If you want something today, then why are you crying? Why are you crying? If God wanted something in the beginning, what did he do? 
spoke, believed, it manifested. If Adam wanted something, spoke, believed, it manifested. If Moses wanted something, he spoke, believed, manifested. If Brother Branham wanted the squirrel, he spoke, he believed, they manifested. If you want something this morning, speak it, believe it, it will manifest. But here is a danger. As you are busy clapping, the devil is stepping onto you and saying, it's just a church. Monday is coming. Tell the devil, this power is not enough only in church. I'm ready for you on Monday. I'm ready for you on Tuesday. I'm ready for you on Wednesday. This power is eternal. And what we want to do, folks, we want to begin to make sure we, we, this power must spill over out of a church in your work environment. Wherever you are, that power must be there until the people look at you and realize that's a son of God, that's a daughter of God. Whatever they say becomes a reality. Because what? You are redeemed. You are redeemed. Are you with me? power and authority. Brother Brenham says, you don't need power. Power belongs to him. You need authority to exercise his power. He says the traffic cop on the road has got no power. He cannot stop that truck when it's coming, but he's got authority based on the power that the government has. He can stand there and say, stop. And we'll see a man with a 14, with code 14, a truck. He will apply his brakes just for a small traffic cop. Maybe he'll be eating stock sweet. But, the, but he will apply the brakes and stop. What happens? He recognizes the uniform. He recognizes the authority. He respects the authority. And this morning, I don't care if hell has been poured upon the face of the earth, but there are people that have got the authority that can raise their hand and say, David, this is a demarcated area. You are not needed here. Go back. Are you one of those people today? Are you one of those people today that can tell the devil, not in this area? A believer and a demon can never coexist. When I walk in, the demon must walk out. Do you believe that, folks? That's what the, the veil of redemption. You only realize the veil. I mean, with the cell phone that we're doing. If you give it to a small child... She doesn't know the veil. Not long is like a toy. And you say, goodness, iPhone 6. Is it iPhone 6? 7. It's now becoming like a toy. Because she, he does not know the veil. But because you know the veil. You, hallelujah. You know the features. You know a phone has got features. And it has the benefits. Hallelujah. So, and the advantages. You know the features, advantages, and the benefits. It makes you 
to carry it. That's why most of you, if you've got a very expensive one, you make sure that you put a cover there. You make sure that wherever it is, it is always safe. Are we together? Amen. You should see when a phone falls, how a person looks on the face. Amen. If it is like our phones, when it falls, just what was falling? But if there are those available, one you can see a person becomes heartbroken. And they look at it and they want to cry. Because it's available to them. You know why it's available? Because they know the sacrifice. What it took to get it. Some of us, the reason you see us coming here, worshiping God, dedicating ourselves, is because we understood what it took for us to be where we are. And folks, some of us, we bend our bridges when we came into the message. If this fails, we've got nowhere else to go. This has got to work. But some, they can jump back wherever they were. And you can see them with the attitude. They take God casually. But there are others. It has to work. There's only one way it will happen. It has to go forward. Hallelujah. And my question, have you bent your bridges? Or have you maintained them? Those that maintain them are no longer longer in the message. Hallelujah. But those that understand the sacrifice, not only of the gospel, but of the prophet in the end time when he brought this message, what it took for that man to be misunderstood. The truth will never make you popular. For him to be rejected. For people to tell him that even our cows will never allow our cows to accept such gospel. This gospel, can no one can accept it. But he said, I kept on preaching the gospel. Until he, he says to his wife and says, maybe I've lost my mind. I'm going to go into the woods. If you don't find me, you'll find my Bible. Joseph will find my Bible. Because I don't understand. I keep on saying things that are against the people. I'm unpopular. He did not love it. But this morning, we understand and appreciate the sacrifice that the prophet gave for this message. And that's why we'll never take it for granted, folks. But those that don't know the sacrifice, they don't care. They can preach however way they want. They can chop it however way they want because they don't understand the sacrifice. And if you don't understand the sacrifice, you don't understand the value. How many understand the value today? If you understand where the gospel took you from, you won't be like a dog that goes back to its vomit. You came out and you said to the devil, I'm done. I'm no longer coming back. But if you see a person going in and out, in and out, they don't understand the value of redemption. I hope we understand it this morning. May God richly bless you. As we stand to our feet.
It says, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. If they ask you, who am I? Tell them that I'm redeemed.
Without you, there was nothing that was made, Father. Everything, Father, was created from you, Father. And, Father, we'd like to thank you, Father, for the service that we just had this morning, Father. It has been a pleasant service, Father. Just reminding us of who we are. Reminding us of the price that was paid for our purchasement, Father. Yes. That, Father, it took the blood. It took death for us, Father, to be alive, Father. The death of the one who was without sin. The death of the Son of God, Father, who where there was no blame in him, Father, so that we sinners, those, Father, who deserve to die, may have eternal life, Father. And, Father, for that, we thank you, Father, that you came and spoke to us in this way, Father, telling us for our, the value that we are, Father, because we are the value of the redemption, Father. Mm. Because without us, Father, there won't be any value to this redemption, Father. Mm. That is why even when we are here, Father, when the devil wants to people, Father, that he can persecute, Father, he'll want those who are, who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Father, yes. because he knows that those are the ones he cannot, Father, he cannot get, uh, he cannot get control of, Father. Yet those are the ones, Father, he cannot purchase, Father, because, Father, they are already redeemed, Father. That's why this morning, Father, we like to thank you, Father, Father, that this word, Father, that is spoken directly from your throne, Father, may find a place in our hearts, Father, that when we go home, Father, we may go, Father, and reminisce it in our hearts, Father, so that, Father, we may know, Father, who we are, Father, that the value that is in us, Father, that we are the children of God, Father. Yes. We are the ones, Father, who are supposed to go, Father, and kill the, and defeat the devil, Father, defeat the evil one, Father. And then, Father, we know that the, 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 the victory that we're going to have, Father, is not a victory that is going to happen now. It is the victory that happened that day, Father, when you chased him out of heaven, Father. Mm. When there was no place found for him in heaven, Father. We are part of the part and parcel of the people, Father, who were there with Michael, Father, when he was he chased him out of heaven, Father. So today, Father, what we're going to do in, in this earth, Father, is just for us to manifest that victory, Father. To manifest the victory that we have 
had there, Father. Because, Father, the word tells us, Father, that the only people who could be redeemed, Father, is those people who had been redeemed yes. before the foundation of the world, Father. Before yeah. Our redemption is not now, Father. Mm. The only now, Father, is for us to manifest that redemption, Father. Yes. For us to show who we are, Father. Yes. For us, that the, the, the seed, the seed that you planted in, in our hearts, the seed of life, Father, mm. that this Holy Spirit will come, Father, and water, so that it may come and manifest and show the life that is you, Father. Because Fair you, man. Christ, you are the life of the seed, Father. Mm. We like to thank you, Father, for this service, Father. As we go on, Father, we know he's waiting outside, Father. Yeah. But it's like the pastor said, the victory is not only here in church. Mm. Even on Monday when we're going to go and meet him, mm. even on Tuesday when we're going to go yes. and meet him, whatever situation he can bring in front of us, Father, yeah. we're going to prevail against him, Father. Right. Because you have prevailed against him, Father. That is why, Father, for us, Father, it's just for us to go and Go, Father, and manufacture that 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 victory, Father, to show Him that He is the, He is defeated, Father. That we are we are Your children, Father. We like to pray, Father, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Father, we commit this service back to You, Father, and we commit Your children back to You, Father. We commit each and everything that has happened in this service to You, Father. Even the Pastor, as He has spoken, Father, may You please, Father, go and restore the virtue that has yes. left in Him, Father, so that even next time He will give, give us even more spiritual food, Father, because we depend on Him. Father. May you please guide him, Father. Guide his family. We pray, believe in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. I think maybe next week the, the brothers will come and just to share with you in terms of the logistics for the convention uh, but I think we are starting on the 24th it's 24th 24th 25th 26th okay amen so I think it's two services on the 24th two services on the 25th one service on the 26th I'm still going to motivate that. Can we have a worship service on the 26th? Amen. We'll see if uh, we. Amen. But we'll, we'll come and just sum up everything. But if those that would want to live on the 26th is fine, but it's always good to spend time together, isn't it so? Amen. The better time we spend together, the more fellowship it becomes stronger. Amen. I know some somewhere suggesting why don't we have a, one place where we all eat, we'll consider, and the brothers will come with an announcement to you. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, are you happy for the convention? Amen. Uh, the UK brethren are coming. They were talking to each other that they will meet each other here. So we're going to have a great time. I see. Some PE saints wanted to come through. Some Cape Town saints have given me a call. They say, Say Zamfundi, say Amen. I say, They say, Come one, come all. Amen. So that we can have a great time. Our Pastor Maliko, Maliko is back in town. We are looking forward to giving more time. Brother Raymond. Uh, Brother Ray is coming from uh, England as well. So we'll definitely have a great time. 
Amen. There's some testimonies that they want to share with you. We are just looking forward. Amen. Uh, give us a song. Until we meet, have a blessed week.